This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's take our Bibles and go with me, if you would, please, to 1 Samuel chapter number 23. 1 Samuel chapter number 23, and we'll begin reading in verse number 14. 1 Samuel chapter number 23 and verse 14. The Bible said, And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. I think we find in, in verse number 14 a, a sort of summary verse for this chapter that Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. I, I think we find two major themes in this 23rd chapter, the first of which is that David inquired of the Lord that David had learned before making a decision uh, to pause and seek the Lord. We looked at that thought last week. There's another theme that is dominant here in this 23rd chapter, and that is concerning the hand of God as he is directing our lives. Uh, When it appeared that David was perhaps in the hand of Saul, and when David's hands were weak and weary, we find that Jonathan will strengthen his hand in the Lord. And so we note in these verses that David needed a hand. And that's the title of the message this morning, David needed a hand. Have you ever found yourself in that position? I'm sure you have. Maybe you find yourself in that position this morning where it seems like day after day, there's no escape. There's, there's no rest. The adversary is seeking you. The good news is that God delivered him not. That's, he did not deliver David into his hand, into the hand of Saul. Note, if you would please, again in verse 15, and David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul my father knoweth. And they too made a covenant before the Lord. And David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood in the hill of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of the Lord, for ye have 
compassion on me. Go, I pray you, prepare yet and know and see this place where his haunt is. Find out where he's hiding. And who hath seen him there? For it is told me that he dealeth very subtly. See, therefore, and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hideth himself, and come ye again to me with the certainty, and I will go with you, and it shall come to pass, if he be in the land, that I will search him out through all the thousands of Judah. And they arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon in the plain of the south of Jeshimon. Saul also and his men went to seek him, and they told David, wherefore he came down into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. And Saul went on this side of the mountain, and David and his men on that side of the mountain. And David made haste to get away for fear of Saul. For Saul and his men compassed David and his men round about to take them. But there came a messenger unto Saul, saying, Haste thee, and come. For the Philistines have invaded the land. Wherefore, Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore, they called the name of that place Salahamalakoth. And David went up from thence and dwelt in strongholds. At Engedi. There are three Psalms that we find in, in the book of the Psalms that coincide with the events that are found for us or recorded for us rather in 1 Samuel 23. Those Psalms are found in Psalm 27, Psalm 31, and Psalm 54. And while we have an outward perspective of all that was taking place uh, here uh, concerning the life of David, uh, in 1 Samuel 23, we have an inward perspective, what was going on in the heart of David in these Psalms. And I invite you to turn with me to Psalm 54. If you come to Psalm 54, you're going to find the title above it. Most of you have those titles in your Bible. And uh, I want to read the title over Psalm 54. It says, To the chief musician on Neganoth, Maskil, which is a psalm of instruction. He says, A psalm of David, when the Ziphims came and said to Saul, Doth not David hide himself with us? So we have specifically here the occasion of this psalm is when the men of Ziph went to Saul to say, David's in our area. We'll help him, or we'll help you rather, Saul, find him. And once we find him, we'll deliver him into your hand. Now we find here in this psalm uh, a concurrent theme that we find in, in many of the psalms. We find that David was in trouble. Notice in verse 1 of Psalm 54, Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. Here we find the prayer of one who's in trouble. And what does he cry out for? He says, save me, deliver me from this trouble. Uh, in his urgency to make sure that God is paying attention to him, that he is getting through, that God is going to respond. He says in verse two, hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. 
For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them, Selah. He's in trouble. But then we see in the midst of his trouble that he is learning to trust. Notice in verse 4, Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies and cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. What is he learning to do in the midst of this trouble? He's learning to trust in the one who is his helper. If you look in Psalm 31, we see uh, a little more detail concerning that trust that he was placing in God. Notice, if you would, in Psalm 31 and verse 5. Psalm 31 and verse number 5. David says here in Psalm 31, Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Those of you who have read your Bible and you understand the sayings of the Lord Jesus upon the cross, those are familiar to you. You know that the Lord Jesus said to his Father, into thy hand I commend my spirit. You see, while this spoke historically, excuse me, while this spoke historically of David, it also spoke prophetically of the Lord Jesus. And though it appeared that the Lord Jesus was in the hands of wicked men, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, all those religious leaders in Israel who wanted him dead, though it appeared that he was in the hands of uh, the Roman uh, soldiers, though it appeared that he was in the hands of Satan himself, Jesus made it clear that he was in the hand of his father. And David here, though it appears that he's in the hands of Saul, is making it clear that he's put his trust in the Lord and that he recognizes that he is in the hand of God. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me. By the way, there's the key. If you're here this morning and you know the Lord as your Savior, he has redeemed you by his blood. You belong to him. You are his possession. He has a hold of you. He has control over your life. He is your provider. He is your protector. He does so with his hand. I trust that you know the Lord. If you do not know the Lord, let me give you some good news. He loves you and he wants to save you. And he can deliver you from the hand of Satan and place you into his hand of protection and blessing. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I, verse 6, trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Aren't you glad that we have a God who we can trust in who considers our trouble? I don't know what you're going through this morning. Maybe you're watching online. Nobody knows the trouble that you're enduring. Let me tell you that the Lord knows, and he has considered your trouble. He said, thou hast known my soul in adversities and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. You've not put me in the hand of my enemy. No, you have freed me from his hand. Verse number 12, rather, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I'm like a broken vessel for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life, but I trusted in thee, 
Oh, Lord, I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. What did David learn to do? He learned that he was in the hand of God, and he learned to commit his life and his troubles to the Lord. And so there was trouble, and then there was trust, and then finally we see there was triumph in chapter 54, in Psalm 54, rather, and verse 7, for he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. In other words, David said, I'm looking back to the past. I'm in the trouble now, but I'm looking back to the past, and I recognize that in all of my trouble, God has delivered me. I'm grateful that I have that, 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 same, uh, that same experience as I've considered the troubles of my past. I, I see that God has delivered me because here I stand before you today. God has been good to me, and, and no matter what I face in the future, I know that the Lord is in control. I know that I have victory in him. I know that Satan cannot lay a hand on me. I'm not in his hand. I'm in God's hand. We'll note three things in this passage in 1 Samuel 23. We'll notice that David was sought by the hand of Saul. We'll see that David was strengthened by the hand of Jonathan. And thirdly, we'll see that David was safe in the hand of God. Well, let's look together first of all at this thought. David was sought by the hand of Saul. Notice again in our text, 1 Samuel 23, verse 14, And David abode in the wilderness and strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. Can you imagine the wear and tear that was upon David's life physically? Internally, what was going on in him with his emotions and his mind? He's worn out. He's ragged. Uh, from this constant pursuit uh, that he faces at the hand of Saul. John Woodhouse in his commentary writes, the pressure on David had become immense. Saul's determination to eliminate David had become a nationwide manhunt. Saul was focused on discovering David's whereabouts. He was prepared to brutally punish any who offered David help. This is something that the men of, of Keilah were aware of. You remember that uh, when David inquired of the Lord uh, concerning the men of Keilah, he, after David had fought for Keilah and delivered Keilah from the Philistines, Saul heard about it. We read that in verse uh, last week in verses 7 uh, through verses 12, uh, how that David was in the city of Keilah after he had delivered them from the Philistines and Saul said in verse 7 God hath delivered him into my hand for he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars in other words he's trapped he's in a city uh, that has walls and gates and he can't get out and all I got to do is go down there and take him well David found out that Saul was coming so he inquired of the Lord he said is Saul going to come after me and the Lord said yes and then he asked the Lord, will the men of Keilah deliver me into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, yes. So David fled. 
You see, here are the people that he helped and delivered from the Philistines, but because of their fear of Saul and what they had heard that Saul had done earlier in Nob, the city of the priests, if you'll remember that in chapter 22. The men of Keilah said, we're not going to have any part of that. Then we come back to our text, and we find that the Ziphites have come now to Saul. Look, if you would, please, in verse 19. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood, in the hill of of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. You see, these guys, they they weren't going to wait on the king to find out David was there. They weren't going to risk their lives and the lives of their wives and children. They were going to go tell David, hey, he's, or tell Saul rather, David is here among us and we'll help you find him. Now notice Saul's response in verse 21. And Saul said, blessed be ye of the Lord, for ye have compassion on me. Go, I pray you, prepare yet, know and see his place where his haunt is, that's where he hangs out. And who hath seen him there, for it is told me that he dealeth very subtly. See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hideth himself, and come ye again to me with certainty, and I will go with you, and it shall come to pass, if he be in the land, that I will search him out throughout all the thousands of Judah. Saul said, you know that David, he's a crafty guy, and by the time I get there, he'll be gone. So you guys make sure you know exactly where he is, and once you've found him, come back and let me know, then I'll come. And so the Bible says in verse 24, and they arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon in the plain of Jeshimon. He'd already fled. He'd already moved on. Saul's thought that he had moved on was true. You see, David was aware of something. David was conscious every day of the fact that Saul was seeking him, that he was after him. And let me just say this to you. You need to be conscious and you need to be aware that you have an enemy who is seeking you. Now, if you know the Lord as your Savior, I want you to know that your eternal destiny is secure. You're on your way to heaven, thanks be unto God. No matter what befalls you on this earth, you have eternal life. But let me just say this to you. You have an adversary, the devil. And though he cannot have your soul, let me tell you what he does want. He wants to disturb and disrupt your life. He wants to come after you and deceive you and lead you away from the Lord. He wants you to settle for less than what God has for you. He wants to ensnare you again in the chains of sin. He is a relentless, constant, cruel, merciless adversary, and he is seeking you every day. Isn't that what Peter wrote to the church? 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober. That means be awake. Understand what's happening. You see, the devil is a deceitful enemy. How did he come to Eve? Not, hey, not with red skin, horns, and a pitchfork. That's not how he came to her. 
Not how the world draws those cartoon caricatures of the devil. No, he came to her as an angel of light. He came to her as if he cared about her. He came to her as if he wanted what was best for her. He came to her as if he had something good for her, something that would help her. By the way, that's the way he comes to us. He's such a deceiver. And the Bible says we need to be aware. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, let me tell you that you have an adversary. You have an enemy. It's not a person. It's more powerful than a person. It's the prince and power of the air. It is Satan himself, the God of this world, who as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He's walking to and fro in the earth. That's what the, the devil told the Lord in the book of Job. The sons of God had come to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came with them, and the Lord said, where have you been? And he said, from going to and fro on the earth. What is he going to and fro for? Because he's seeking whom he may devour. That means he's seeking you. And so we see that David was sought by the hand of Saul. That leads us to a second thought. David was strengthened by the hand of Jonathan. Notice in verse number 15, and David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. Imagine, imagine the toll that this was taking on him. Here he comes again, fellas. We can't get a break. He's always after us. By the way, you and I can't get one either. Satan is always pursuing us. Verse 16, and Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and, and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul, my father, knoweth. And they too made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Here we see that he strengthened his hand, verse 16, in God. David was strengthened by the hand of Jonathan. Now, in Psalm 27, we have another glimpse into the heart of David during this time. And in verse number 13, we read these words, Psalm 27 and verse number 13. David said, I had fainted. That means I was weary. I was tired. I was about to fall out. I had fainted. I was about to give up. I was about to surrender. I had almost lost all hope. Have you ever been there? I had fainted. It seems like everything is against me, and there's no way that I could possibly prevail. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What kept him from fainting? It was faith. What gave him faith? Well, in that instant, it was the words of Jonathan. What did Jonathan say? Fear not. What is the answer to fear? Faith, believing. Fear not, David, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee. He hadn't got to you yet. He's not going to get to you in the future. And thou shalt be king over Israel. Well, how do you know that? Because the prophet came to you and anointed you. 
God sent his messenger to tell you that you are going to be the king. And you can trust in what God has said. And he said in verse 17, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. In other words, not only do you know this is true, David, but even Saul knows it. You see, David was weary, and then we see that David was waiting in Psalm 27 and verse 14, and this is his advice to you and I when we're weary. When we are about to faint, he says in verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Just the time that you are about to fall, if you'll just keep waiting on the Lord. And the word wait means to look for with an expectation of hope. Here's David in the wood, hiding, running for his life, weary and worn, along with his men who are looking to him for provision and protection. And David receives this messenger of hope who comes and strengthens his hand at just the right moment. And David, drawing from that experience, writes to us in Psalm 27, wait on the Lord. Are you going through difficulty right now? Don't quit on the Lord. Don't walk away from the Lord. <clears throat> wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. <clears throat> I found that people who are going through difficulties oftentimes, instead of waiting on the Lord, decide to walk away from the Lord. You, you notice people are missing from church, and you, you wonder what's happening in their lives. Sometimes you note that they, or you find out that, well, pastor, I've been having such a hard time, and you know, I, just, I, just need to, I just need to get some things in order, and I, I just needed to, have some time to myself. No, you no, you didn't. You know who told you that? It wasn't God. God, God didn't tell you that. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm really having some struggles with sin in my life, and I, I just felt hypocritical coming to church. No, that's the very time you need to be here. <laughs> I don't know anybody in this room who, had, who isn't struggling with sin in some form. Well, pastor, you know, I've got trouble with my family, and, you know, I just kind of feel awkward coming to church. No, you shouldn't feel awkward. You, you should be glad you get to come. Let me tell you who tells you all of that. The devil. Let me say that again. Uh, let me borrow a phrase from Adrian Rogers. With all the unction and function of my soul. That's the devil. That's a lie. You don't walk away from God in the time of trouble. You wait on him. You look to him. You stay right where you are. Help is on the way. The Bible said in Jonathan, Saul's son arose and went to David in the wood. Hey, there's a messenger coming. Don't miss him. 
If you don't wait, you'll miss him. Now, Jonathan did what godly friends do, did he not? He got in between David and David's enemy. He was with Saul, but he left Saul and he went and found David. He pointed David to the Lord. He directed David away from his foes and toward his Savior. Can I ask you a question? Are you a Jonathan? Are you a Jonathan? Do you know somebody in the wood? Somebody on the run? Somebody struggling? Somebody discouraged? Somebody about to faint? Do you know somebody that way? Are you willing to arise and go into the wood and speak to them? Are you willing to strengthen their hand in God? You know, I've found that this world is full of people who will seek to rob you and weaken you and discourage you. And that even happens, sadly enough, in the church. But we need to encourage one another. Onesiphorus was such a man. Paul wrote of him in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says in verse number 16, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. Paul said, I'm writing to you from a Roman prison. I'm in chains, and nobody wants to be identified with me because they're afraid of what may happen to them. But I want to tell you about this man named Onesiphorus. He was not ashamed of my chain, but in the time of my difficulty, he sought me out. He came looking for me, and he encouraged me in the Lord. That's exactly what Jonathan did. Let me ask you a question. Who is it that you're seeking to be a Jonathan for? In this time in which we live, we're so preoccupied with our own problems. There's always people suffering worse than us. I think of these poor, poor people in Florida. Well, this dreadful collapse has happened. 159 people that they believe were in that building when it collapsed, five declared dead, 154 still not found. Their families waiting on them, waiting on the news. The rescue effort painfully, painfully slow. There are always people who have it worse than us. And we need to be a blessing to them. That's what a church is for. You see, again, you don't leave the church when you're in trouble. That's when you get closer to the Lord and his church. Hebrews 10, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, verse 23, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking, not forsaking. Let me say that once more, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another. That means going to the wood for one another, speaking to one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, sending cards to one another, sending texts to one another, making visits to one another, checking up on one another, and so much the more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, you can be a Jonathan. And even if you don't want to be, you need to understand this, you're commanded to be. You say, well, I'm a David. <laughs> well, even Davids get victory and deliverance and turn into Jonathans. And maybe you're going through some dreadful things and you need a Jonathan today. Well, God has given his word to encourage your heart. Well, you say, what a dreadful situation. David was sought by the hand of Saul and thankfully strengthened by the hand of Jonathan. But here's the truth I want you to get a hold of. All along, David was safe in the hand of the Lord. David was safe in the hand of the Lord. Now the enemy was chasing him. Look at verse 25. And Saul and his men went to seek him. And they told David, wherefore he came down into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon, he's chasing him. No matter where he's going, Saul's always going to be there. He's on the chase. And then finally something happened that had not happened before. Not only do we see that he chased him, but finally he compassed him. He surrounded him. Verse 26, and Saul went on this side of the mountain and David and his men on that side of the mountain and David made haste to get away for fear of Saul for Saul and his men compassed David and his men round about to take them. In other words, it didn't matter which direction David wanted to go. Saul and his men were there. They had him totally surrounded and it was clear that he was going to take David. It was over. The reality of the race being finished was beginning to settle on David's heart. He had no escape. Sometimes we feel that way in life, right? We're surrounded. There's trouble at home. There's trouble at work. There's trouble with the family extended. There's, there's trouble with health. There's trouble with finances. There's temptation and difficulty and burdens on every hand, and it seems there's no relief, and the armies of the devil are closing in on us. He's been chasing us. Now he's compassed us. But then notice what happens in verse 27. But there came a messenger unto Saul, saying, Haste thee and come. Hurry up, Saul. Get out of this wood that you're in. Forget about David. You got a bigger problem than David. The Philistines have invaded the land. Wherefore, Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Do you know who sent the Philistines? God did. Do you know who sent the messenger? God did. And David escaped. He escaped. He was delivered. Therefore, they called the place uh, Selah Hamalikoth. It means the rock of escape. 
David, she, you remember that rock where we were about to get, we were done for. I mean, Saul's guys were closing in. They were hollering at us. We, we knew it was over. And then that messenger came. You remember that rock? Don't ever forget that rock. That's the rock of escape. That's where God delivered us. And the Bible said, and David went up from thence and dwelt in the strongholds at En Gedi. What did David realize? He realized that Saul couldn't lay a hand on him, that he was safe in the hand of the Lord. And let me say this to you this morning. Satan can't lay a hand on you. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Are you one of his sheep? He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you're facing. He knows the pain in your life. He knows the anxiety and the fear in your heart. He knows the sin and temptation that you struggle with on a daily basis, and he loves you. Jesus said in verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. They shall never perish you're not going down. Saul will never have you in his clutches. Neither shall any man pluck them, praise God, out of my hand. David said, there's nothing Saul can do to get me out of the hand of my father. My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And David, in a similar refrain, wrote these words, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You see, the reason that I'm in God's hand is because he loves me. If I'm walking along a busy street and my family's with me, I'll take them by the hand. Do you know why I take them by the hand? Because I love them and I want to protect them and I want to lead them to safety. Do you know why God has taken us by his hand? Because he loves us. And once he's taken us into his hand, he will deliver us to safety. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, surrounded by Saul's army, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, you say, well, what if happens, what if I die? Death can't separate you from the love of Christ. Nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God and from the hand of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the Bible tells us here in verse 14, Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. You may be here this morning and you've never been delivered into the hand of God. You have not been redeemed. And the Spirit of God is speaking to you today and you recognize that if you died without Christ, you'd go to hell for all eternity. And today you have the opportunity 
to come into the family of God, to be placed in the palm of his hand, never to be released, never to perish. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, would you come to him today? Would you acknowledge your sin, confess that he's the Son of God, and believe on him? We have people here who will take the Bible, the Word of God, and show you how that you can be saved. They'll pray with you. And you can leave here this morning knowing you're on your way to heaven. If you haven't done that, I implore you to do so. You have an enemy who wants to destroy your life and lead you to hell. But you have a Savior, not an adversary, but an advocate, who came to live a sinless, perfect life and die in your place and make the penalty, make make the payment for your sin if you'll trust him. Christian friend, You say, I thought my troubles would be over when I got saved. Well, that's not true, and you've learned that. The devil will still work against you. He's your adversary. He wants to hurt your your testimony. He wants to hinder your fellowship with Christ. He wants to heap suffering upon you. You're sought by the hand of Saul, except it's far worse. It's not Saul, it's Satan. Aren't you glad for the strength that you find in Jesus? the strength that you find in the fellowship of his church. And let me encourage you, church family, let's resolve in our hearts to be Jonathans. Do you know a David in the wood who needs encouragement? Let's pray for him. Let's arise and go after him. Let's speak to him. Let's encourage him. And then are you troubled? Are you worried? Do you feel surrounded and closed in? Let me encourage you today to help you understand you're not. Listen, the next mean boss you get is not in control of your life. The next wicked politician that assumes power is not in control of our lives. That family member or that neighbor who just won't leave you alone, you are not in their hands. You are in the hand of God and you can trust him. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.